Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. What is going on, my friends? Welcome to episode 31 of the Yours Julie podcast. And before I get into the episode today, I'm of course going to tell you about something that I ate or drank. I feel like a lot of the times I tell you guys about my coffee mishaps where I drink way too much coffee and I don't realize and by way too much I mean like three quarters of a cup because let's be real I just don't handle caffeine well but today I want to talk about a little snacky poo that I just had that is rocking my world recently so this snack is kind of like a yogurt and granola parfait minus the yogurt and I have nothing against yogurt I actually love yogurt oikos triple zero is my jam sauce but I've been having so much of it recently that I just got kind of tired of it and I wanted to try something different so imagine this you take your best little Tupperware container because I take this to my office with me you layer some bananas on the bottom, pretty thinly sliced because you don't want any chunky bananas in this. You want it to be nice and evenly distributed. And you layer it with your favorite nut butter. So personally, as you know, I'm a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast. So obviously my favorite nut butter has to be peanut butter, which actually is it a legume butter because technically peanuts are a legume because they grow in a pod. Anyways, details, you layer it with peanut butter and then you put something like honey, a little bit of granola, maybe some chia seeds, and you create this little layer banana cake in a way. And it's literally the most delicious thing. So give it a try. I know a lot of times, for me at least, I get kind of stuck in these little snack ruts and nothing really sounds good to me. I'm like, oh, I don't want that and I want something different. And this was, you know, a really run-of-the-mill combo that I just hadn't had in a long time in a cute little Tupperware dish and my mind is just blown by it. It's really the simple things, guys. So that's my little snacky-poo story of the day. But on today's episode, I'm actually going solo again. I've been getting really great feedback from all of the podcast episode, all of the guests that I've had on, but I've gotten some really great feedback on you guys just enjoying when I go solo here to cover some kind of topic in the intuitive eating, mindful eating, or self-improvement through the gentle path type of topic. So I'm going solo today to talk about something that kind of irks me. And when I say irks me, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because I see it a lot on Instagram, any other social media page that I'm exploring and connecting with people. And it was really timely, actually, because I was getting irked more recently for whatever reason it was. And then a post came through in my private Facebook community that really fit in well with this topic. So I figure, why not talk about this thing, the thing that rubs me the wrong way, and also share the post in the Facebook group and what a couple other people of the community and a couple other of my clients offered advice on this one topic. And then I would kind of dive into my advice on how to get past this one thing. So the thing I'm talking about is the idea that confidence is equated to weight loss or how you look physically. I'm sure if you spend any time on social media at all, I say Instagram because that is the platform that I personally am on the most and I see this most often, but when you click on 
a bio or when you click on a, a feed or someone's profile and the first things that you see are, you know, the I help, it's kind of like the mission statement of the person, right? I help women gain confidence back by losing X amount of weight, or I help men feel confident by getting shredded, right? And it, it happens with men, of course, and I don't mean to diminish that and I don't mean to diminish what they go through, but I personally can't really speak to that because shocker guys, I'm not a man. <laughs> I am a woman. So a lot of the times I'm exploring these pages and more often than not, the phrase goes, you know, I help women gain their confidence. I help women be the best version of themselves by losing weight or getting rid of that stubborn belly fat or looking their best or whatever it is. And again, I don't mean to diminish the work that those people are doing because I don't know the ins and outs of their practice and you know, who's to say what they teach. But from first glance, this kind of correlation with happiness or confidence rests in your ability to lose a certain amount of weight or look a certain way or have like zero tummy flab or fit in a certain pair of pants. I find it really unfair and I find it really annoying to be honest because in my opinion, you weren't born feeling unconfident about all of these things, right? You never meet a baby or a young child that isn't happy or doesn't have a sense of, you know, that childlike confidence of, you know, I'm going to run over and do this baby thing. Even if I fall, it'll be fine, right? Like they have this innate inborn sense of confidence because they haven't really developed the ability yet to fear what other people think of them or to listen to what other people are saying about how they should be. They just are, right? They don't have to do, they just are because they're a baby and they don't know anything different. But what happens as we get older is we don't necessarily lose this ability to be innately confident and show up as the person we were meant to be. We just kind of get talked down to by the media accounts like this, maybe even our family members or our friends saying, hey, in order to be confident, in order to be happy, you have to do all of these external things in order to look more impressive to everyone else around you. So it's kind of like the concept of intuitive eating that I cover with all of my clients. I always reassure people if they're coming to me and they're like, well, I don't know how to eat intuitively because I've been so far removed with years and years of dieting. I say, what? Well, let's pause a second because you do know how, right? You were born a baby who, when you were hungry, you turned toward bottle or you turned toward breast when you were hungry. And then when you were full, you were able to stop and self-moderate your intake based on what you needed for growth in that period of time. Again, it's not something that you lose over time. It's something that kind of gets pushed down inside of you and you simply lose touch with over years and years of messages similar to this one about confidence, but they're saying uh, you have to use this tracking app or you have to follow this diet or you have to follow this portion size guide in order to be healthy or to look healthier, to feel healthy because you don't know how to do that on your own, which again, I don't feel like is true, but that's the messages that we have been told over and over again. So in my opinion, kind of coming back to the idea of regain your confidence or gain your confidence through weight loss. I think this is really silly because if you think about what this message is subconsciously communicating, it's telling you that you need to place your happiness and confidence and your sense of self-worth on something that is naturally ever-changing and fluctuating 
like the human body, right? In my opinion, when you place your happiness and confidence on something that is meant to change and something that naturally fluctuates in and out with each day and over the course of your life, it kind of sets you up in a place for unhappiness and diminished confidence, right? Your body was not meant to be the same size throughout your entire life. Your body is not meant to weigh the exact same every single day. Your body is not meant to eat the exact same amount of food every single day if you're really listening to those internal cues. And also placing your happiness and confidence and sense of self-worth on something you do not have full control over is again, setting yourself up for unhappiness negative thoughts, diminished self-confidence, and a lack of self-worth or feeling like you have that worth, right? Something that I love, it was actually a quote that I ran across this morning. I was doing a Tuesday Truths Day on my Instagram story. Shameless plug, if you don't follow me on Insta, hit me up at Claire Tuning. It's just my name, but on Tuesday, I always share some tidbit of truth, whether it's you know a quote from a research article that I like, a quote from a book. Last week, I even shared a client testimonial, just something of truth to kind of silence all of the craziness that happens in the, the diet world and the nutrition world these days. But this morning, I was like, okay, like why don't I share some really good quotes from my favorite book in the entire world called Intuitive Eating? If you haven't read it and you want to know more about intuitive eating or just start to kind of gather more information on how you can get back in that intuitive sense of self, how you can get back in touch with him or her, I highly recommend it. Be sure to get the most updated version of it. I don't know what edition they're on now, but Amazon will tell you because Amazon's cool like that. But this book arguably taught me more about the type of nutrition that I practice now and relay and help teach my clients than my whole entire career learning to become a dietitian, which is really, really crazy. And I won't get into that frustration, but one of the quotes from this book that I shared this morning, when I'm kind of talking about you, you can't place your happiness and confidence on something that you do not have full control over. And it's this quote, they say, accept your genetic blueprint, just as a person with a shoe size of eight would not expect to realistically squeeze into a size six. It is equally futile and uncomfortable to have a similar expectation about body size. Respect your body so that you can feel better about who you are. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistic and overly critical of your body shape. I think this is really, really important because on these pages and these feeds that I'm talking about that kind of rub me the wrong way, that say gain your confidence, lose the belly fat, lose the 15 pounds, whatever it is, they are kind of instilling a idea of health and nutrition into your own mind that is kind of aggressive, right? It's like, take the world, like eat the world, grab it with both hands and do the thing, like get off of the couch. It's like kind of these messages that you've heard over and over again by these like motivational accounts and these motivational posts. It's like, if you're unhappy, it is your fault, right? And in a lot of ways, in some areas of life, Sure, you may have a lot to do with your sense of happiness and your circumstance, but when it comes to health, that's not always the case. You were born, you listening right now, with a uniquely genetic blueprint that is literally unreal, the odds that you, you listening, were even born. You with the exact DNA, you with the exact character traits, you with the exact personality, right? The odds that you your unique self was born is literally so low. It's unfathomable. If you ever listen to Gary Vee, he talks about this a lot. And it's really interesting because 
in this version of health, we are telling people, you know, you have full control over what you look like and, you know, your weight and all of these things. But in reality, we don't because we were born entirely unique and so much to do with our health is genetically linked. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, however you want to look at it, we don't have all of the control over it. I'm not saying that in some cases, sometimes your food or your exercise can manipulate your body to a certain point. I think that has obviously been proven or in the case of people who need to be on a medically therapeutic diet, of course, that can be helpful and that can help to mediate some signs and signs and symptoms of certain disease. But when it really boils down to it, we don't have full control. And I think accounts like, you know, do this and lose the weight and gain your confidence back kind of set us up for failure because they're making us have this idea and this picture of health that says, if you're unhappy, just change this one thing. But in reality, that's not always going to lead to that endpoint that we want, especially if that version of dieting or health that you're getting yourself down to isn't something that you want to maintain for the rest of your life then why do it? Why teach it, right? I think a lot of the times we forget that like, oh, in this idea of health equals weight loss and confidence equals how my body looks, we forget that everything that it takes to get to that place with your body, with your weight loss, whatever it is, you have to maintain the habits that got you there in order to keep yourself at that point. A lot of the times the behaviors that you need to engage in to get yourself there are one, unhealthy physically, two, unhealthy mentally, and three are just not fun at all and may not be realistic for you to maintain for the rest of your life, realistic or healthy. In fact, a lot of the research that is done around dieting, it's estimated that 80 to 95% of all diets fail and those who do maintain whatever weight loss is achieved through those dieting means usually maintain it for less than two to five years, which in the grand scheme of life and health is a really, really short amount of time, right? And this kind of leads to the cycle of yo-yo dieting. If you've never heard of it, it's literally envision a yo-yo. Uh, you're throwing the yo-yo down and you're bringing it back up and it's kind of along this range of the string or this range of weight loss and weight gain that has actually been shown to be more harmful to your body than staying at a weight that is more genetically reasonable for you or staying at a weight that... We call your intuitive weight, meaning the weight where you don't have to engage in overly restrictive or over-exercising behaviors in order to stay in that place. So anyways, I'm going to stop rambling about this and I want to read the Facebook post that really ties in with this conversation of how we can start to uncouple the idea of happiness and confidence and weight loss, right? They don't have to exist synonymously with each other. And in fact, I don't believe that they should. So this person, she is a current client of mine. She comes to the Facebook community with this post saying, sometimes our time hop or Facebook memories bring us back to people we are no longer connected to, including our own past selves. I could use some guidance on how to navigate the images of my past, parentheses, thinner self, Without wanting to resort to dieting means that got me there. How can I love the now me and the former me, especially when I really liked how the former me looked? So much love and appreciation in advance. 
So the really, really cool thing about this Facebook community is people can come to the group with posts like this, and more often than not, other members of the community are actually able to answer their question before I am even able to get there and share my experience and my expertise. So this is what happened in the case with this post, and I want to read two really insightful comments from two other clients of mine actually who had struggled with similar things and they had a little bit of advice to shed. And then once I finish reading theirs, I will get to the three tips that I have for anyone struggling with trying to be happy or cope with where they are currently in their health journey and navigating the world with whatever body that they are in now without having these memories and reflections of what they used to look like, If especially if that was a version of themselves that they liked how that person looked, but they didn't like the habits needed to keep them there. I'll kind of give you my three tips on how to navigate this. So... <clears throat> excuse me, my grandma always used to say when she had to clear her throat that she had a frog in her throat. I don't really know where that comes from, but anyways, I had a frog in my throat. So the first response says, I've been struggling with this as well. The thing I've really been focusing on is how I feel. When I see those pictures, I remember how stressed I felt all of the time. I was consumed 24-7 by thoughts of food. I would miss family functions and outings with friends because I was afraid to fall off track. I'd spend so much time planning what I would eat, etc. I didn't even let my boyfriend take me out for our six-year anniversary because I was worried about tracking the macros. Even at my thinnest, I still hated my body. I'd wake up and poke at my fat and insist that I needed to lose more. Don't get me wrong, I still have negative thoughts about my body, but the freedom that I have with food is priceless. I don't binge like I used to. I actually enjoy going out and trying new foods. I'm so much more in tune with my body and what makes it feel good and my own hunger cues. When the negative thoughts start coming up, I remind myself that I deserve to love my own body and I try to pick one thing that I love about myself. Sorry this was so long, but I hope it helps. Hang in there. It gets easier over time. So that's the first one. And before I hop into that, because there is so much goodness to unpack there, I want to read one more comment that was also very insightful coming from another client. She says, just like comparing ourselves to other people doesn't work because we have different goals, bodies, experiences, circumstances, journeys, etc. I think the same is true about our past selves sometimes. Gratitude and celebration have been key for me to find joy in the present and not getting caught up in nostalgia, which is often a skewed version of of what life looks like anyways. So both of these comments are very, very insightful. And before I hop into why these are so important and kind of extrapolating my three tips based off of these two comments, because yeah, they're kind of similar. I want to tell you that this private Facebook community, it is called the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. I've been growing this community since this past July, July of 2018. And ever since it has grown to kind of an unstoppable force of positivity and support in the intuitive eating realm. And yes, if you're listening, you are totally invited. It is free to join. It is simply a really positive place and corner on the internet for you to ask questions like this, for you to bounce ideas off of other people who are traveling and trying to navigate the same exact journey to not only get advice from me, but also really great advice from them as well. So if you're interested in joining this Facebook community, it is by application only. It is free to join 
It's totally free, wonderful community, but I do have you apply simply because I want to do my best job at keeping this the most interactive, positive, and supportive place on the internet. So if you would like to join the community, connect with me on any channel of social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. I don't, you could even leave a comment on here and I would probably see it, but let me know and I will send you the application to get you into this community. So going off of what this lovely lady said, I have three tips on how you can kind of navigate this time in your life where you may be in a body that feels and looks different than your body used to feel and look, especially if you're coming into the intuitive eating journey and you're maybe trying to overcome some of the dieting, the restrictive, the weight-focused past, and you're being faced with photos on your Facebook time hop. Or maybe you have, I know one person, one of my past clients had uh, a folder on her phone that was literally titled transformation photos, right? If you are dealing with trying to move past this place in your life, but you're constantly being thrown these curveballs of what you used to look like or what you used to measure your health journey as, I think it's really important to have some tools in your metaphorical tool belt so that when it's not, if these times arise, but when these times arise, you can adequately navigate away from them so that you don't get sucked back into whatever restrictive or dieting behaviors that got you there in the first place. Because like I just said, maintaining the weight loss that you found is limited for a lot of people. And also in order to stay in that place, it may have you involving yourself with a lot of negative, restrictive, not very fun behaviors that you don't necessarily want to live with for the rest of your life. And that's totally understandable. So my first tip for you is don't compare your body compare your mindset, right? So just like this one woman said in her comment back that whenever she starts to see these photos or see memories of how she looked and how she maybe enjoyed how she looks, she focuses on what her mental state was like. Because I think for a lot of people, we can look at a transformation photo of someone and, you know, we can say like, oh my gosh, like they look so different. Or even in this world that we live in where comments about weight loss are common, like, you know, complimenting someone on losing weight, which side note topic for a different podcast is never appropriate because you don't know what led to their weight loss, right? You don't want to congratulate a negative or restrictive behavior. But anyways, you can see these transformation side-by-side photos of people and you can say like, oh my gosh, you know, they look so great. Like what did they do? But you actually don't know what was going on inside of that person's mind. So if you are the person in that photo, like these two ladies in the group are talking about, if you are the one seeing the old photos of you versus how you look currently, instead of getting wrapped up in, oh, I used to look so much quote better or oh I miss how I look think about how you felt in that former photo literally put yourself in the shoes of that girl right or that boy if you're a guy listening to this podcast put yourself in the shoes of that person and think about what the quality of your mental speak was like every single day what did you say to yourself what did you tell yourself when you looked in the mirror what were your behaviors like around food Could you go out to a restaurant and not feel stressed about having to log every single thing or look at the menu beforehand? Could you go and hang out with friends and actually enjoy being there fully in the present moment without having to be stressed out about what you did or didn't eat? When you enjoyed a food that you actually loved, were you able to separate that from a moral experience, right? Because food is not a moral issue. Guilt is not something that you need to be experiencing every time you eat because eating 
is nothing wrong. You are doing nothing wrong when you eat, right? It's not like you're going out and like murdering someone. Yeah, then you would feel guilty about it. But food, totally different, right? So put yourself in the shoes of that person and remember what it was like to live in that body. Did you actually enjoy your day-to-day life when you navigated the world in that body? Or were you hating life under the expectation of things are going to be better? I'm going to feel so much more confident. This is what healthy means, right? So Compare your mindset, don't compare your body. And if you're realizing that, hey, my mindset was really unhealthy back then, but now, even though my body feels and looks different, my mindset is so much better, that is a way more impactful and important determinant of health in my in my point of view. So the second thing that I have to say is, what did I write down here? Lesson looks more in abilities. Oh, here we go. I'm trying to like read my notes and I don't know if you guys ever make notes, but you don't really write out the full thought or the full sentence and you like look down at something and you're like, what did I mean by that? Anyways, this one says less in looks more in ability. So what I'm trying to say here is measure your sense of self-confidence or your sense of self-worth less in how you look and more in what you are able to do. So like I was saying earlier, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee. I listen to him all the time. If you don't know who he is and you don't like the F-bomb and you don't like this like large yelling exclamations of all of the profanities in the entire world, don't listen to him. But if you're a business owner and you want a little fire under your tail, go listen to Gary Vee. But he talks about all of the time putting things into perspective of how amazing it is that you were actually alive, right? Like I said earlier, the chances that you... You listening with the exact personality characteristics, the exact genetic makeup that you exist is so incredibly low. So do we really want to continue going throughout our life hating what we look like or engaging in these behaviors that make us feel so terrible or do nothing for our mindset? Do you really want to spend your one amazing opportunity in this life doing that, right? Like, it, it doesn't make sense in my opinion, right? Like, we were gifted this extraordinary experience where we can experience different things, we can taste different foods, we can connect with other people, we can learn, we can read, we can write. We, like, literally even boil it down to your five senses. You can look at things. If, you're, if you have the gift of sight, you can look. If you have the gift of touch, you can touch different things and hug people and experience life to the fullest. But then we want to... We want to wrap ourselves up in, well, oh, I'm not good enough because I don't look like her. Or, oh, I'm not good enough because I haven't dropped this 15 pounds yet. Or, oh, I'm not good enough because I ate too much cake last night, right? It's kind of silly in my perspective that we waste so much of our life wrapped up in how we look or how we used to look or a diet that we're trying. We pour so much time and energy into this one area of our life that we kind of forget to zoom out and look 50,000 foot view and say, hey, how lucky am I that I get to experience this world in whatever way that I am experiencing it? experiencing it. How lucky am I that I'm even here, right? That I even have a body, that I even have an arm or two arms, that I even have legs, right? How lucky am I that I get to live? So every time that you're kind of thinking, oh, well, I used to look like this and I really don't like that I look like this anymore. Every time you get sucked back into that mentality, you know, maybe I should diet back down, right? Just kind of zoom out and say, how lucky are you to even be alive? And do you really want to spend your precious time 
hating yourself, hating your body, engaging in behaviors that you don't like because time is limited and you get to choose how you spend a lot of it. So that's a little bit of food for thought for you. One kind of tactical piece of advice here, whenever you are having these negative thoughts or whenever you're standing in front of the mirror and these things kind of creep back in, I totally realize and recognize that it can be really hard in those moments to zoom out and feel really grateful which is pretty much what I'm talking about here. And like this one woman commented, you know, she still has negative thoughts about her body, right? She still has those thoughts. And I think in a lot of ways, if that's the behavior you've been engaging in for a long time, we can't just expect to wake up tomorrow morning after listening to this podcast and only say nice things, right? Of course, it's the end goal to have that be the default. But if you've been engaging in behaviors that aren't that for so long, it's going to take you a little bit of time to pull yourself out of that. But one thing that I urge my clients and even myself sometimes to do is if you're looking into the mirror and you're having one of those days, or if you're looking at your Facebook feed and it's literally right in front of you, what you used to look like versus what you look like now, when you start to get wrapped up in those negative self thoughts, I encourage you to try the I weigh activity. Yes, I said I weigh, but instead of finishing that sentence with a number, I want you to finish that sentence with something that describes who you are. So it describes who you are past that weight, right? So maybe if you are a mom, you could say, I weigh a good mom, or I weigh a sister, I weigh a brother, I weigh a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a business owner, a student, a dietitian, an accountant, like whatever it is that you are that is totally separate from your weight and what you look like, that is what I want you to focus on. Because so often in these accounts and in the pursuit of health and weight loss that we're taught these days that are just like equal to one another, I think a lot of the times we forget that we are so worthy and we are so much of a whole person regardless of what we weigh. And regardless of what we look like, so the more we can start to remind ourselves of all of those things that we do have, what we weigh in our abilities, what we weigh in our personality, what we weigh in our career, all these different things that exist totally independent of what the number on the scale says. So measure your confidence, measure your self-worth worth less in your looks and more in your abilities. And lastly, number three, <laughs> this is arguably my favorite because it's something that towards, I won't even say the end of working with a client, but once I've been working with a client for a few months, this is a conversation that we can start to have. And it's very, very fun to see what else makes that person come alive and what else they are capable of when they're not totally consumed by thoughts of restriction or thoughts of food or macro tracking or whatever that negative behavior was for them. So this number three is ask yourself, what else makes you come alive? right? What else makes you really excited about life that has nothing to do again with food or your weight? I think a lot of the times when we are in a dieting mentality or saying we have to restrict X, Y, and Z, obviously whatever we tell ourselves we can't have, we're going to want more of. That is simply something that happens to us as humans. So if we're constantly telling ourselves that we have this laundry list of foods that we can't have or rules that we have to follow or things that we have to look out for when we're eating out, right? Then odds are you're going to be thinking a lot about those things very, very often. 
with my clients, I always kind of equate our mental energy to that of a pie chart. Just like all of us have 24 hours a day, all of us also have a certain amount of finite energy that we can dedicate to topics and creativity and events throughout the day, right? Obviously, things like food and movement and shelter and things like that, they are going to take up a piece of that energy puzzle. But what we don't want to happen is for things like food and exercise to take up more than they need to, right? To overstay their welcome and to outgrow their own space in this energy puzzle. Because what happens then, again, like I told you, you only have a finite amount of energy you can fit in here. And if things like movement or over-exercise start to take up too much of your mental energy and time, then other areas of your life are going to suffer. Your relationships are going to suffer. Your career is going to suffer. Your pets are going to suffer. Our pets' heads are falling off. But everything is going to suffer if you put too much thought and effort into something so one-dimensional like food and how you look. So when you're asking yourself, what else makes you come alive? Start to even think back to childhood. You know, like again, kind of like I talked about in the beginning of the episode, you were born naturally confident with the ability to moderate your own intake. You were also born being naturally drawn to certain things, certain activities, certain phenomena, right? So like, did you love cars? Did you love looking at the stars? Did you love going shopping? Did you love coloring? Did you love doing things with your hands, like making things like Legos, you know, whatever it is, start to look back, open up that window to your past and ask yourself, what was I naturally drawn to as a kid, right? What did I love to do for me? And this kind of negates what I'm saying because it's so linked to food, but not in like a macro tracking or dieting way for me. I was always drawn to the kitchen, not for reasons of restricting food, but because I was so amazed at how different foods and spices could be combined in order to create so many different dishes that smelled good. They had aromas, they had textures, they were reflective of different cultures. I was so drawn to it almost as like an art form. That obviously was a reason why I got into nutrition and dietetics. But when I look at it now, when I'm starting to get too sucked into one area of my life, I say, okay, how can I experience a new recipe or something in a way that totally puts me in flow mode, right? If you've ever been in flow mode before, it's literally you're engaging in a behavior or an activity where nothing else really matters in the world and you're able to zone in and fully enjoy the experience. The inner yoga teacher in me kind of relishes in the fact that it's literally a type of meditation, when you can find whatever it is for you that's going to give you that mental space in order to take your mind off of other things and truly enjoy something that exists independently of food or restrictive behaviors or tracking your macros or exercising, right? So ask yourself, what makes you come alive? And then Pour time, effort, and energy into that thing. Make it a conscious decision to engage in that behavior. And I'm not saying that you have to spend like two hours knitting a scarf if knitting is your thing. Or I'm not saying you have to spend like an entire day watching car documentaries and reading car books and videos if cars are your thing, right? All I'm saying is that when you start to recognize that food and exercise are taking up way too much space, way too much than they need to in your own life, try to take some energy away from those things, normalize those behaviors. Again, it's going to take time, hopefully with the help of a professional or a friend who has maybe gone through the same thing, but start to take time away from those activities and find out what else you like to do. 
Coming back to the mention that I had of some of my clients earlier, after a couple months of working together, when we've really done some some of the heavy lifting on moving major restrictive and negative behaviors around food and exercise out of the way, it's really, really cool to see this transformation over time because people start to come to me and they say, like, I feel like I have so much energy to dedicate to other things, or I have so much more time in my day freed up because I'm not sitting there brooding over what I ate earlier or um, that snack that's there that I'm telling myself I can't have because now I just eat it and I move on with my life. Or now that I'm not spending all of my time tracking my macros and weighing my food and logging all of these things in really intricate manners, I have so much more time and freedom and energy to do all of these other things that I almost forgot existed because I got so wrapped up in the idea that my confidence was tied to the food that I ate or my worth was tied to what I weighed. So moral of the story, what else makes you come alive? And then do that thing. So those are my three tips to kind of recap for you here because I know that was a lot of information all in the course of 20 or 30 minutes, however much time that took. But when you are faced with old photos, when you're faced with looking at yourself in the mirror and you're trying to figure out how to accept the body that you are in now, even if it's different from the body that you used to have without getting pulled back into the mindset and the dieting mentality, remind yourself of three things. Don't compare your body, compare your mindset. What was it now versus or what was it then versus what is it now? Second thing, measure your worth and your confidence less in how you look and more in your abilities. It's so amazing that you are even alive. Choose to spend your energy in ways that allow you to celebrate that, not self-loathe your way through that time. And the third thing, ask yourself, what else makes you come alive that doesn't have to deal with dieting, food, weighing yourself, or over-exercising? Because whether or not you know it now, you cared about other things and you spent your time doing other things before this became such a big issue for you. So figure out what that is and get back into it. But that is all I have to say today, my friends. I hope this episode was helpful for you. You can have a couple tangible takeaways to take and start applying to your own life. Like I mentioned earlier, if you are interested in joining the pre fry my words are coming out weird today, guys. The pr- the free, there we go, private, yes, Claire, Facebook community. There we go. The Yours Truly Goal Slayers. Then you can reach out to me on Facebook. My name is Claire Tuning. You can reach out to me on Instagram. Again, name there is Claire Tuning. I made it really easy for you guys. Ask for the application, fill it out. I'll review it just to make sure that you are the right fit to come into our community and engage with the rest of the crowd. That is so amazing. And I would absolutely love to have you. If you have any comments, questions, or thoughts on what I said today in this podcast, I would love to hear your takeaway. Feel free to send that to me in a DM. And I would also be entirely and utterly grateful. I don't know why I just emphasized the word utterly. Maybe because I was thinking of like a cow. I don't know. Anywho, I would be entirely grateful if you could share this episode with a friend, a family member, a colleague, someone who you think could benefit from hearing this message. Because the only way this podcast is going to continue to grow and reach the people that it needs to reach is if you take this and share it. So there are a couple ways you can do that. You can screenshot this podcast platform, whatever you're listening on right now, and share it on your social media channel tagging me, moi, Claire Tuning, or you can leave a comment 
a rating and a review. I would be so grateful if you could tap those five stars. If you found even one thing helpful in this episode, leave me a review to tell me what you learned from this episode. And lastly, super easy. If you're listening on Apple podcasts right now, you can really easily share this episode via text, social media by tapping the three dots in the lower right hand corner of your screen. And that will give you a shareable link that you can text, email, tweet out to all of your friends. So until next time, yours truly, Claire.